Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast where we take our favorite properties and reboot them before Hollywood has the chance to. That's right, we may not have the copyrights, but we're going to do it anyways because we don't respect copyright. Yeah, fuck copyright. <laughs> I'm Lindsay Ayushi, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, I use they, them pronouns. And today, uh, d- mm, how, how do I describe what I'm doing today? D- Lindsay, do you remember iPods? Yes, I do remember the iPod. L- long, long ago, not even from the before times, but before the before times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where there was no touch screen, it was just a, t- a tiny little screen and a scroll wheel. Sometimes not even a screen, if y'all had the Nano. Oh, yeah. Which was surprisingly popular, even though I, I can't imagine them being able to get away. Actually, no, they probably could get away with a Nano again these days. They managed to convince people not to use a headphone jack. Yeah. I think the appeal of the Nano, especially for, like, teenagers, was that you could listen to your music and it was easy to hide. Ah. Yeah. And you wear a big sweater and you have the headphone coming out of the sleeve and then you're just like, haha, yeah, I'm paying attention. I just have to rest my head because I'm tired as a teenager. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But do you know that iPods could have games? I remember playing Solitaire on an iPod. Uh, a rather little iPod. But did you ever play a full-fledged <laughs> JRPG? No. So way, way back in the day, uh, 2008, Square Enix released a tactical turn-based RPG called Song Summoner. Oh. And in it, you played a kid named Ziggy. Okay. And he's trying to save his baby brother, Zero, from the evil number 42 and his machine network. <laughs> there's a robot apocalypse happening in this fantasy world. But along the way, he discovers he has the ability to summon Toon Troopers, which are like ancient warriors of yore. And in, in, uh, in the gameplay, the Toon Troopers are created by you selecting songs from your playlists on your iPod. And like, yes, turn this song into a people. Huh. And then... They actually gain more experience the more that you listen to those specific songs. Okay. And then, and then, yeah, after that, it's basically just Final Fantasy Tactics. Hmm. And it was, yeah, originally released for the classic scroll wheel iPod, and then re-released on the iPod Touch and iPhone. And when I got my iPhone, the very first thing I did was download Song Summoner, because I heard about it, and I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen, and so I downloaded it, and I was underwhelmed. Ah. Because here's the thing, like, they make it sound like every song is going to create a unique Tune Trooper, but that's not the case. It's pretty much just random what you get. And so you you could make a Tune Trooper out of Call Me Maybe three separate times and each time get something different. <laughs> or you could make a Tune Trooper out of Call Me Maybe, Poison, and the Winged Hussars, and all of them would be the same one. Oh, wow. <laughs> But I have always liked the concept, and I like the idea of, like, making these heroes based off of songs. And that's why I'm, like, not quite into JoJo, but I'm almost into JoJo. I'm into the idea of JoJo just because the stands are based off of, like, singers and songs and whatnot. Yep. Araki likes his classic rock. Yeah. I I like the appeal of having, like, some mystical force that's entirely powered by the Glee discography. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you know, you know, some people made a part JoJo, part Persona-inspired um, tabletop game, and I've suddenly been struck by the idea of running a Glee-themed one, where but but you, you put 
your stands are based off of Glee episodes, but you run them through the like mistranslation factor that the JoJo stands get. Okay. Like the like there's one girl who has in Japan her stand is Spice Girl, but when it got translated because of like all the copyright reasons and trademarking, instead her stand is Spicy Lady. <laughs> She has the power to make things soft. Oh. Which is OP when you think about it. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the story of Song Summoner. However, for those of you who listened to last week's episode and heard my hint about how I'm kind of doing a mashup. Okay. Let me tell you about a different video game. Okay. Released, um, I feel like, let me check when it was released actually. Where are you, Wikipedia? Released in 2017, Drop Mix is a music mixing game developed by the Harmonics and published by Hasbro. It uses a mix of physical cards with chips embedded in the in it use the game uses a mix of physical cards with chips embedded with near field communication, a specialized electronic game board with NFC and Bluetooth capabilities, and a companion app for mobile devices. Huh. So here's basically here's what it is. You've got this big little like DJ table. Yeah. And you you stick your phone in it, and your phone connects to the table, and then you have all these little playing cards. Where they have like some fun artwork on them and a music title and like an instrument icon in the corner. Okay. So again, let's say Call Me Maybe. You've got a Call Me Maybe card and you've got a card for the vocals and you've got a card for the strings and you've got a card for like the bass line. Okay. And so you can slap those on there and that creates Call Me Maybe. But you could also like, let's take out the Call Me Maybe strings and put the strings in for short skirt long jacket. And then we'll take out the bass line, and we'll put in the bass line from, like, It's Tricky. And then we'll also add the guitar from, uh, what, what was the song on there that had guitar? The Power Rangers theme. Oh, God. <laughs> and so, and the game itself, like, did have, like, party modes and stuff where it was, like, a t- you, you get a, a set of cards, and you have to play cards based on, like, it lasts for put some strings on, or put, like... Or put a song of this rank on, or stuff like that. And so you have to try and match them, and they'll be like, and clear the board, and then put more on, da 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 And you're constantly, like, cha- like changing all these mashups and mix-ups of these various song parts going together. Okay. It's a very fun game that I got last year for Christmas, <laughs> which seems to be about when they decided to stop supporting the game, which is very unfortunate, because it's a very cool game, but, you like, as far as I can tell, they're not going to be releasing any more products for it. You also can't buy the products in stores anymore, so, like, all the stuff that I've managed to get a hold of, I've just been ordering off of Amazon and eBay. <laughs> and I, th- it, this is the kind of thing where, like, I'll spend an exorbitant, okay, not, hopefully not too much, but I'll spend a lot of money tr- attempting to complete all the sets that there are. Okay. And, like, part of the fun, because, like, yeah, yes, there's the game modes, but also part of the fun is just mashing up random stuff and seeing what you can make. Okay. So, here's what I'm pitching this week. Okay. We're, we're going to take the concept of Song Summoner, of a hero based on song, and we're going to take the idea of Drop Mix, which is bits of songs attached to cards. A little, it's a little bit Toys to Life. Okay. She's a little bit Toys to Life, I'm a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> and we're going to put these together in a Toys to Life JRPG Tactical turn-based JRPG with musical elements using <laughs> real songs. Okay. Also, this I have to state that this is partially inspired by a podcast by friends of the show uh, Cassidy and Crashing Waves called RNGG. I was listening to one of their mm-hmm. episodes. Let me check which one it is. 
So I'm pretty sure the episode I'm thinking of from our NGG podcast, which stands for Random Number Game Generator, is episode 11, Just Adventure. Okay. Which was um, a rhythm game action RPG that did also feature like real songs. Um, and the final boss was Pitbull, Mr. Underworld Wide. <laughs> so, so I have to say that like this, this concept I'm working with for this episode on Nerif is basically inspired by that. And heck, this episode might just be the ran- the RNGG episode of Nerif. <laughs> at, at this point, might as well just forgo an actual friendship promo and just find one for, for them if, if they have one, or if not, just say, Hey. Go listen to RNGG cast. It's good. Yeah. My idea for the Drop Mix Song Summoner mashup is keep the plot of Song Summoner, where it is like it's a guy who discovers the power to summon bits and pieces of music to turn into warriors, and they help him go after his uh, brother. Oh, here's the other thing is that you can only use the Toon Troopers like X amount of times before they disappear, so you have to keep summoning new ones. Which is okay. something that I've never really liked in a Mon series, even one like Digimon where it's kind of baked in that your Digimon are going to die at some point or you're required to like reset them in order for them to get stronger. It's yeah. like, I, it kind of gets in the way of the collectathon aspect and also just the, uh, the appeal of connecting on an emotional level to your creatures. Yeah. Like Pokemon would not be as successful as it was today if the Pokemon could die permanently. Yeah. Ignore the fact that there's a whole cottage industry built around your Pokemon dying permanently at your hand. It's different, though. The Pokemon family is, or not family, fandom has a uh, bizarre relationship with their mons dying. Yeah. I'm, I've played a Nuzlocke before, and I had to stop. Like, I managed to get very far before I had someone die, and I had to stop because I was so connected, and that was like, uh I, I can't just go to Pokemon Center. It's against the rules. Yeah. But anyways, what I'm saying is that when when you get a Toon Trooper or the way I'm going to do it, like that doesn't fade away. That can stick around. Um, but my idea, because I also like with Dramix, I also wanted to incorporate Toys to Life stuff. And Toys to Life is a difficult thing to do on account of it's hard for them to exist simultaneously as toys and video game peripherals. Yeah. I would argue that the closest that anything has ever come to like hitting the balance right would be Lego Dimensions, because they're actual Lego pieces, and like mm. you don't even... You you could get the the Lego like expansion sets, and you can build like the Wicked Witch of the West, or like the turret giant turret walker from Portal, or something like that. And you can build those and put like attach them to the RFID pedestals and put them in the game. But you don't actually have to have to have the Lego minifig attached to that. You could just put the little disc on the portal, and they appear in the game. And then you can just play with your little Lego people separately. Like you can play with them outside the game. It's kind of hard making toys to life work as both toys and video game peripherals. I guess amiibo kind of work because of the idea that the, you don't play with the amiibos. They're more like the high class figurines. Yeah. They're I... meant to just be displayed. Yeah. <laughs> Look, don't touch. <laughs> <laughs> and then the poor child is not going to understand why you can't touch it. It's not like like the little crystal figurines and other tchotchkes that moms collect (laughs) where it's implicitly understood you do not touch these what do you mean i can't play with this three inch high tall minecraft steve (laughs) it's a collectible honey 
Um, I mean, the, I will say the fact that the toys are just cards does kind of work in its favor because it's easier to store those. And it's also just a part of the appeal of at least the current drop mix cards is that they have cool art. Yeah. And it's cool to collect a whole set and see like the connections between the art. How like all the artwork for short skirt long jacket is like this kind of dungeon crawl thing going on. Um, okay. All of the art for Call Me Maybe has all these fun fun nature scenes um there's some kind of radio wave cryptid thing going on for another song an edm song whose name i can't recall there's yeah there's fun art um and there's a possibility that you could like try and make a um an actual card game like trading card game out of these cards okay so that you can play them without having to do a video game and now that i mentioned that i'm kind of surprised that Bandai or Wizards haven't jumped on that. Like, mm-hmm. why have why has no one made a real dual disc yet? <laughs> <laughs> or or even like so put out a set of magic cards where they all have the near field communication chips, and then you can like just attach the peripheral to your computer, and now you can legitimately play magic online with real cards with your friends across the world, but you don't have to worry about the actual magic online game. But then I guess they'd lose money because then they don't spend money on the magic online game. Mm-hmm. This is this is throwing a lot of spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. I know, but I would be very interested to see I'm not even throwing the right spaghetti. <laughs> I would be very interested to see like how someone would create an actual functional dual desk, and then we can have fights over domination of the world with uh, children's card games. Did, did I mention that the current season of Yu-Gi-Oh! is about a kid jailbreaking his dual disc? <laughs> God. He jailbreaks his dual disc to create a new for, dual format, and then the villains are of an evil corporation that don't like that this dual for, this unsanctioned dueling format be, is becoming popular, and so they're trying to shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also Arc-V. Arc-V starts off with the main character inventing a new way of, like, summoning monsters. And, like, his dual disc transforms before everyone's eyes. And it's like, this is the first episode. And after that is the, f- the fallout of that, because this kid basically warped reality and introduced new rules into the game that, again, are unsanctioned. But when everyone looks, they are now sanctioned because of ma- a magic necklace. <laughs> <laughs> And then apparently the whole situation devolves into some kind of, like, interdimensional civil war. Yu-Gi-Oh! is fucking wild. Arc-V is one I legitimately want to watch because I want to see how it plays out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, back to Song Summoner slash Drop Mix. So my idea, I, I want to retain the appeal of Drop Mix, which was mashing together a whole bunch of different parts of songs. Okay. And so what I was thinking is that instead of each, because Drop Mix doesn't have a, like, okay, it has full songs, but like not, it doesn't have one card that is the full song. It has cards that are individual parts of songs. And it also has wild cards that will play, like they have all the bits of the songs in them, but the way the board is set up is that there's five spots, there's five like card spots on the board. Mm Mm-hmm. The first spot is for vocals or guitar. The second spot is just for guitar. The third spot is for guitar or drums. Okay. Uh, the fourth spot is just for drums. And the last spot is for drums or strings. Okay. And then there's like alternate, like you could, th- there's some cards that are technically, um, um, what synth, 
but it goes in the guitar slot. And there's some that's technically a bass line, but it goes in like the string. Well, yeah, I guess strings. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the strings can be bass or it can be violin, okay. stuff like that. But there's also wild cards that have all the parts of the song, but they'll still only play one or two depending on which spot you put them on in the board. Mm. Okay. So what I'm thinking is that since all the songs are kind of split up for drop mix, do the same thing when applying that to Song Summoner. So the idea is like you get you get the starter pack of cards and you go into Song Summoner and you can start summoning all the bits of the songs, but instead of them being warriors, they're like equipment. Okay. So you put down the strings for Call Me Maybe, and that gives you some sweet boots. And then you put down the bass line for... There's a song in my head that has a bass line, but I can't remember what it's called. It's what it goes... Just bust a move. I think it's just bust a move. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I, had to, I had to sing through it to remember it. <laughs> but you put... You, so you put down the strings for Call Me Maybe, and you get some sweet boots. But then you put down the guitar for bust a move, and you'll get, like, a sword... And then if you put down um, the vocals for One Week by Bare Naked Ladies, which I don't even know if that one's actually in Song Summoner, or, I mean, the, the drop mix. But you put that card down, and you get, I don't know, a jetpack or something. Cool. And then instead of having, like, these kind of... I'm not going to say generic, because there's, like, 60 different kind of Toon Troopers that you can summon, that, and they all have pretty distinct designs, but since it's, like, basically random according to the song... You can't really associate each one with a song. That's why, like, I mm -hmm. want each piece of equipment to connect to a different song and be, like, visually similar. Like, you can, you could get a set bonus by putting all the Call Me Maybe pieces on the same person, but you could also get a bonus for, like, having three songs of the same genre or three songs from the same year on the same character. Yeah. And they might look like a big style mishmash, <laughs> but they're also hit like a brick of shithouse. Yeah. Um, but because it's more than a Satoon Troopers, then you can have, like, actual characters, as opposed to just Ziggy, and with one robot buddy he finds, <laughs> and then all of these, like, randomly summoned Toon Troopers. Oh yeah, here's the other thing. So, so it's Ziggy and Zero are brothers, and then Zero was kidnapped by the evil robots, and then, like, there's a year time skip, and then Ziggy finds a robot that looks a lot like his brother. And the, his Ziggy's like, what's your name? And the robot's like, zero, 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 one, 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 zero, 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 one, one, one. And Ziggy's like, I'm going to name you Zero after my brother, but you're not my brother, even though you look like my brother. <laughs> and then at the end, it's like, guess what? The robot that looks like your brother and is named after your brother, but isn't your brother, actually is your brother. Uh-oh. Ziggy's like, what? <laughs> it's, it's, the kind of, it's the kind of reveal where it's like, oh my god, he is Tuxedo Mask. I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> So, you have more characters, and if there's a robot companion who secretly turns out to be Ziggy's brother, don't just make him Ziggy's brother with a robot mask that covers half his face. Yeah. Actually, actually make him look different. So I actually went and I grabbed the cards that I've got, and just from... So, one set, we've got a wild card that's... Um, Fifth, Fifth Harmony's Work From Home. Okay. We have the vocals from No Scrubs. Yeah. The vocals from All About That Bass. The piano from uh, Danny Humble's Cheery Cordial. Okay. The piano from uh, Miss Jackson. Okay. By Outcast. Yeah. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Who I am for real. <laughs> um, the guitar from No Scrubs. The piano from... Uh, Heart and Twelfth by Blanks. 
the drums from I Don't Like It, I Love It by Flo Rida featuring Robin Thicke and Verdine White. Hmm. Robin Thicke has been around much longer than people realize, and that's distressing. Yeah. Uh, the drums from Miss Jackson, the drums from Heart and Twelfth, the drums from Cherry Cordial, the bass from All About That Bass, the uh, a different piano set from Cherry Cordial, uh, and then two like power-up cards that aren't songs, they're just like beats that can add on to songs. Okay. And I've... I, I'm like... I have 20% of the full collection. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting there. I'm getting there. But yeah, basically, have these various cards that can create various equipment. You can get into some real interesting combinations, because like... You were going to say something, go ahead. Well, I was just thinking more on the lines of like, how many songs are we going to have eventually? Because if we have a lot of songs and maybe we should split the aesthetics up not so like individually by the songs, except for like the, maybe like the original set, like we bring out one set and then a different set. And then over time, like it, it accumulates and then we can just do more like a genre aesthetic thing. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then you like, you could still get a bonus from having all the equipment coming from the same song, but it's not just the same songs that share a single aesthetic with each other. Yeah, like you said, it's the whole genre. Yeah. So, like, if you have a whole bunch of techno songs, you could have, like, all your equipment coming from one techno song, but you could also have all your equipment coming from different techno songs, but they're still going to have the same overall aesthetic. Yeah, like a more cyberpunk look versus, like, a metal, more, I guess, Viking yeah. look. Yeah, like, the, the metal songs would be very much fall into, like, that warrior and barbarian type of class imagery. <laughs> Whereas the the techno ones would like, d I mean, depending on the techno, I feel like some of it would be much more like cyberpunk and like shiny metal and gritty. But then some of the eighties techno and that kind of stuff would be more like Tron lines. Oh yeah, the more uh, retro futurist mm -hmm. would be more the Tron lines. And, and like my idea would be that this is a this is a game that would receive much more continued support. And mm -hmm. so that you could always be adding more songs to it. Yeah. Um, potentially, like, add more DLC to go along with it, or, like, have bonuses you can get where, like, if you beat the game or, like, beat certain accomplishments with this set of songs or, like, these many songs, then you can unlock more stuff. Yeah. Mm, so, so, okay. Hmm. Now, now in my head, I'm thinking, even though this is a tactical RPG, it should be a lot more open world. Yeah. At least have a lot of places you can go. K kind of split the difference between the exploration in something like a Breath of the Wild, and then yeah. put in random encounters like you would in a. I mean, a Square Enix. Obviously, there's going to be Final Fantasy elements in this. Yeah, and then like you could set up locations that are again based on genre. You could get a, a bit into like subgenres too. I mean, Final Fantasy is a series where it's like. Hmm, we've decided on all of the aesthetics. Yeah, that's true. And, like, specific games are going to have more specific aesthetics, but it's, like, all all of them have will have robots alongside, like, high fantasy magic at some point. Yeah. And then with music, um, some of the subgenres are really pedantic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
is there is there really a major difference between like this version of thrash metal versus this version of doom metal like they were from from around the same time really and honestly the doom metal also fed into the the early punk scene and yeah <laughs> i feel like that would be like an in-story thing where it's like sub guilds within <laughs> different guilds yeah (laughs) gameplay wise we're not going to be that specific on like putting the genre sets together but like there will be someone there will be npcs that will give you rewards if they're like oh you you finally managed to put together an equipment set that is all his all folk metal (laughs) you managed to create a uh, set totally based on the Ramones original lineup. <laughs> or, no, who had a lot of turnover? I think it was the Dead Kennedys. Did they keep dying? <laughs> well, there was a lot of infighting. Ah. Yeah. Well, what's another... Oh! <laughs> so, fun thing I found out. When the Ramones were getting started, Blondie was also getting started, and they were like playing at the same clubs in New York. Like, uh, CBGB's uh, Max... Uh, Kansas City, etc. And apparently uh, Jerry Valentine from Blondie used to like beat up Dee Dee Ramone all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, Gary Valentine. That's his name, not Jerry. Gary Valentine is now a writer. Huh. And kind of an authority on the hippie movement. You mentioned Blondie and now I've decided that there does have to be a set based off of Atomic, which is the best Blondie song. Yeah. Uh, the the helmet piece, instead of it being an actual helmet, is just a, a really great wig. Yes. Because your hair is beautiful. Oh, Debbie Harry had great hair. She still probably has great hair. Debbie Harry, let's see how you're doing. I know my dad had a crush on her. <laughs> Which I'm like, fair. Yeah, she still looks pretty good. Oh, yeah. And of course, we've got to reach out to the mighty and powerful K-pop stands to get some stuff from there too yeah uh, probably like the big names so like blackpink uh bts yeah i think those are the big two that those are, are those are the on. two genders right now it seems yeah yeah they're the ones on the hot 100 also another thing i was thinking is like maybe um have kind of like some sort of in-game hot 100 Ooh. going on oh yes that oh i love that idea that makes so much sense, because it's like, depending on what's trending, you have to use different sets, and so that encourages you to, like, get more and also be changing it up often. Yeah. Or you could, like, go on side quests to to influence the trends. I like that. Ooh, yeah. Because that's also, like, um, in, I don't, okay, I don't know if it was in the original Tactics, but in Tactics Advance, there was the, uh, the penalty system, or I can't remember what it was called, but basically, at the beginning of each um, fight there would be a judge would show up and be like, doing these actions will be rewarded and doing these actions will be penalized. And so it's like, you could get judge points for casting healing spells or attacking with axes, but you would get penalties if you used ice magic or you attacked with bow and arrows. And so you'd have to like adjust your party layout accordingly and then use the strategy correctly. And sometimes you could even goad your opponents into using the stuff they're not allowed to and then the judge would like run over and like smack them with a red card like no bad <laughs> also all the judges rode chocobos <laughs> oh 
<laughs> so it's like this is like during the, you can have this like huge serious battle and there's there's just like a guy sitting on a big chocobo and they're all both covered in plate mail and they're just bouncing along and then the the your opponent does something wrong and just like it hops across the field it's like red card <laughs> so i guess they're more like the soccer referees and linemen where they just literally like, hold up the card <laughs> <laughs> like i do appreciate football uh like gridiron football refs who do the whole like hand gestures. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, if if you complete a side mission at the end of Final Fantasy Tactics, you actually get to recruit one of the judges to your party. Nice. <laughs> and so basically, the whole time you're just like red card, red card, red card. <laughs> <laughs> Go to horny jail, bonk. <laughs> um, no, yeah, that I love that idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. Um, just incorporate more stuff from the music world because Hot yeah, 100 is a all, thing all of the NPCs would have to have names inspired by musicians and bands and stuff yeah and like we can get real easter eggy with it yeah the, just because when I say everyone I mean everyone like the, the yeah. random kid that you talk to in, in <laughs> like this side quest town that you don't even have to go to for the main storyline. And he's like sitting in an alley and you go talk to him and like the dialogue box will pop up and his name will be like, uh, who, who is the child star? Who, who is the kid from Oliver? Did you ever watch the Oliver, and, the Oliver movie? Not Oliver and Company, just, just Oliver. I think I did, but I don't know if that was just like watching commercials for the Oliver movie. Okay. It, it came out in... 1968. Okay. And Jack Wilde was the, the kid who played Artful Dodger, who, oh, of course, he then went on to play Jimmy in H.R. Puff and stuff. Uh, but he was also like a pop sensation teen idol at the age of fucking 11 or some shit, which was not healthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Don't do that to kids. But but my mom was a huge fan, huge fan of him. And he he had a song where he he sang in in the the the, the most English accent that you could. <laughs> Terrible Cockney accents everywhere. It's Dick Van Dyke all over again. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw a Tumblr post that was like, "Congratulations to Dick Van Dyke, who, despite being a cis man, was given a drag name by his parents." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Wilde did a cover of Obla Di Obla Da. <laughs> we could put the Beatles in there, but they're all like Beatles. Oh yeah. They got the super thick uh Liverpool accents. We can have an Aussie in there who's got the Brummy accent. <laughs> No, but I'm talking like they're all giant. Like, like one's a stag beetle, one's oh, a rhinoceros beetle. Oh, like actual be <laughs> beetles. <laughs> and they, and they run, they run the the submarines fast travel network. <laughs> <laughs> that you get a side quest from them to fight the blue meanie, but then you get there and it's the blue man group. <laughs> or no, no, it's Eiffel sixty five. <laughs> Blue dubba dee dubba die. <laughs> Let's see, what else? Oh, um, you were talking about like genre specifics, and I was thinking like there are some songs that they kind of split the difference between two genres, and so they could be like aesthetically kind of stuck in the middle, like their equipment sets. Oh yeah. 
like get some Florida Georgia Line stuff in there. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> it is gonna be like one part gunslinger and one part hip hop outfit. Which, oh, what would the hip hop aesthetic look like? Because I don't want to get stereotypical. Yeah. Um, did Did you? I feel like you didn't because I don't know if it would have ever been up your alley. But did you ever play The World Ends With You? No. Okay, The World Ends With You, its main aesthetic was a whole bunch of, like, pop art and, like, tribal tattoos and, like, graffiti type stuff. Okay. And so maybe having a The World Ends With You type aesthetic for the hip-hop equipment sets, where it all looks yeah. like tattoos and graffiti. Yeah. Yeah, go with the graffiti aesthetic and probably get some, you know persons of color who actually are within the rap community as well you know, yeah do that sort of art for us exactly please and thank you um yeah i was just what, thinking Lindsay, Lindsay, like what, with what does the wap equipment set look like <sighs> what rating are we going for so it'd be a spell casting set it specializes in water magic I I know, but like uh, the ERCB rating, what would we be slapped with? Oh, that's true. That's true. have you have you listened to the radios, the radio version of WAP? I've heard of it. It like it cuts out every other word. Yeah. Um. So I know that there would be a lot of animal print, especially cat print. It seemed. Yeah. Yeah. Water magic for sure. Um, awkwardly CGI'd in uh, cats, big cats, because like that, those tigers could not have been, and the cheetah could not have been real. No, I, I'm pretty sure they weren't. Yeah. Fuck, fucking Carol Baskin was like, this encourages the ownership of exotic animals. I was like, bitch, please. One, this was filmed during the age of COVID. Two, most people know that like. Any sudden moves will cause these motherfuckers to attack. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure Cardi's official response was, "Okay, girl, but you killed your husband, so like." <laughs> <laughs> like I've heard arguments against Carol killing her first husband, but at the same time, I'm like, she would. I I managed to not see Tiger King. I got everything I needed just from watching other people react to it. Did her husband yeah. deserve it? Yeah, it seemed. Okay. Yeah, um, dude seemed to have been, um, getting himself involved with some cartel types. Ah, okay. So that's why there's a very good argument that maybe they got to him. Mm. Because they've never found the body. So anyway, fun music stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I envision the one problem that we have if we want to have all the songs. Reading. Yeah. It, will the... We will get an expl- I think inevitably we're going to be like a hard T for teens. Maybe any any extremely explicit music is like its own separate DLC and you do have to get your parents permission to download it. Or you have to do the whole yes I am 18, please provide your birth date. Yeah. Yeah. Which is still pretty easy to circumvent. Yeah. Do you, do you remember the first time you were going onto a site and you realized you didn't have to lie about your birthday anymore? It was a glorious day. <laughs> <laughs> Are you 18 plus? Fuck yeah. <laughs> I would um I would occasionally go on adult sites 
before I was of age, but like for the longest time I didn't because I was reading the legal spiel and it was like, this stuff is like not for uh, consumption of people under the age of 21. And I'm reading through it like, oh, oh, oh no. If, if they catch me, I'm going to be in legal trouble for watching the, the porn. I wasn't scared of like admins catching me. I was more scared of the potential of my parents weren't snoopy when it came to like what we did on the computer, but for a long time we didn't. We had like two computers, mm-hmm. so it was always like a high chance that they're gonna be on that one, and I forget to delete certain things, and someone, and like those sites were so sketchy. Like there might be a chance that there's a that I accidentally get a virus, so um, I don't want to have to explain that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're gonna have. We need to put some Cobra Starship in there. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Have have a snakes on a plane set. Because that oh, that yeah. would like that would fall into the pop punk stuff. Which yeah. Oh gosh, what would the aesthetic be for just the whole pop punk genre? Because that would be it's the unlike other kind of like mashup songs. I feel like pop punk has a separate aesthetic from both punk and pop. Yeah, like, I almost feel like it's very much of a time and a place. It feels so 2000s. It's very, yeah, it is. It's very 2000s early internet. Yes. Um, it'd, it'd be almost like that anime, but solely through the Western lens, kind of? Yeah, it would be like early attempts at doing the anime-esque style. Um, kind of like Teen Titans. Um, Gaia Online. Yeah. Gaia Online. Bit of an emo feel to it, too, because, like, there was a bit of a, a crossover there. Yeah, so it's like, you, you start you start with, an, with emo and goth as a base, and then you throw in some, like, pop art. Yeah. And, like, uh, like some, like, brighter colors as highlights. Yeah. And then you add the speed of a punk song. Mm-hmm. So it's Shadow the Hedgehog. That's <laughs> Yes, it's Shadow the Hedgehog. All the pop punk songs make you think, hmm, Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> oh. And when you, when you put the, the vocals on for Snakes on a Plane, it gives you a gun that shoots snakes. Yes. <laughs> oh, I can see some very interesting combos. Like, um, I've kind of gotten into, like, 80s goth music, like, Ooh. The Cure, The Smiths, all that sort of stuff. Mm, yes. So, like, I'd imagine very teased out hair, the eyeliner just dripping down. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, well uh, The Cure is playing Sunday I'm in Love. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, you have that, and then you have Susie Sue and the Banshees. But then, like, you could also do a, a bit of a mix up with, like, Kate Bush and Florence the Machine and. Marina and the Diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> Fleetwood Mac. You know what? This would actually be a really great way for younger people to discover older music. Yeah. Well, so Draw Mix was made by Harmonix and they made Rock Band. And I learned a lot about older rock songs from when I was playing Rock Band a lot. Yeah. And hell, even Lego Rock Band, I learned about a good chunk of indie music because they had a surprisingly a decent amount of indie music in there. Ooh. I wonder who was the people in charge of curating that. But yeah, like, I do not envy today's, like, tweens and teenagers because they do not have... 
Sorry, sorry. I just the the person who was responsible for putting indie like alt rock music in the Lego Rock Band is probably the same person who uh, did a crossover between Bionicle and the All American Rejects, where they were kidnapped by the villains of one of the storylines. Oh my god, I remember that commercial. <laughs> <laughs> D- DLC side mission. You must save the All American Rejects from the Baraka. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So my entire point was that, like, we had the advantage of having access to our parents' CDs to discover really good bands. Mm-hmm. And like, I love stuff like Spotify and having all of my music collection on my phone. The problem is you can kind of pigeonhole yourself or you just, unless you're on some sort of recommendation thing, like you might not learn about the older stuff. Yeah. Like you have to specifically start curating your Spotify to be like, I'm looking for retro things. And then even that can get kind of iffy because if it's like, if you're listening to a song that came out in the eighties, but technically the one you're listening to is from an album that was like a greatest hits that was released in 2009, then it's going to show you music from 2009 that you like that's similar, not music from the eighties that's similar. Yeah, and it's also good to have, like, an older cousin who, you know, maybe is in the same generation as you, but is on the older end and, you know, knows some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. The corrupter, if you will. <laughs> Though, I remember once I was driving with Dad, and he let me play my music in his car, and um, one of the songs that came on was, um, oh, it was a song by Midnight Oil. Mm-hmm. They're an Australian bad. People who don't know them, check them out. They did uh, Beds Are Burning. And my dad did recognize the song because his university had a college radio station. And it was super popular on on there. Um. Oh, dang. We actually managed to almost hit an hour with all this stuff. All right. So I get it's te- technically it's time to tune into a French or promo. Although it might just be me telling you more specifically why you should listen to RNGG. I do not yet have the promo for RNGG podcast, but it feels weird to put a different friendship promo in here because this episode is so heavily influenced by them. So this is placeholder audio until I have that promo. Be sure to tune back in when I do have it. Okay, so we're back from that. Um, I don't know, Lindsay, is there anything else you can think to add to this or should we go right into self-promotion? Uh, Honestly... At this point, it's pretty straightforward. You know, just get the licenses and just start accumulating songs. Yeah. And make some interesting music. Mm-hmm. All right. In that case, where can people find you on the internet? I could be found on Twitter at lindsaym 476 That's Lindsay spelled with an A. And you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for not if I beat you first, and they're pronounced down now. Down to down down now. Just bust a move. You could email us at notifybeatyoufirst at gmail.com. You can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, or your favorite card from Dropmix. Uh, you could also send us a friendship promo yourself, and it can either be an audio file or just a proof that we read. Uh, either way, just send us an ad for your podcast or a YouTube channel or your DeviantArt page, and we'll promote it here because we love doing that for free. You could even ask to be a guest, but if you do, make sure you send us a hint instead of the entire idea because we like being surprised. Uh, we have a Patreon. 
Um, but we're not encouraging people to donate it at this time just because like you don't always necessarily have the funds and there's other important stuff going on that we prefer you donate to, such as the uh, situation going on in Nova Scotia, helping protect the uh, Mi'kmaq people and also to homeless shelters and food banks so that people who are without those opportunities in these colder months are able to survive. Um, but we do have some patrons that are able to support us despite all that, and so we want to give a quick shout-out to Charlie, Cassidy, Christina, Jenny, and Julia. Thank you all. And so another way you can support us that doesn't have to do with finances is by rating and reviewing us on your podcatcher of choice, and if you can't find us on a podcatcher of choice, then contact me, and I'll try and get us in there. Not If I Reboot You First is a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can find out more about the other awesome shows we share the network with at CornerPodNet on Twitter. And last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex, a.k.a. Pachu, and her work can be found on ptcheu.com. No, ptchew.com. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own. All right, Lindsay. All right, Tanner. Do you have it in for next week? Well, um, in light of news that's uh, coming out of certain sectors of the entertainment industry, a uh, holy AT&T, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole hint? Yeah. Okay, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll find out more about that next week, but not if we reboot you first. Bye. You froze. Oh, you're back. Yeah, you you also froze for a bit, and then you sped up. <laughs> Why? Why is it that whenever you freeze, you unfreeze whenever I say that you froze? It's like the internet connection is like, oh shit, they spotted me. Yeah. <laughs>